Hello, this is Speaking of Everything with Jeff Bushman. That would be me. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to us. Uh, uh, first off, thanks for joining us. And secondly, before we go on with the rest of the show, let me also tell you that if you're getting this somewhere other than tjbsradio.com, that's T as in Tom, J as in John, BS as in BS, radio.com, uh, then you can get this podcast from there in the future and subscribe to it, or you can subscribe to it in the podcast catcher that you found us on. Uh, and we also, at that same web address, tjbsradio.com, have two other podcasts you might be interested in. But for now, this is, in fact, Speaking of Everything with Jeff Bushman. And tonight, I thought we would take a little bit of a departure and talk about uh, the uh, recent bill that was passed by Congress and signed by the president, which is the Rescue, American Rescue Act, uh, and just talk about its economic impact. We're not going to start discussing the politics of it, uh, although some people see economics and politics as completely intertwined and interrelated. That's frankly nonsensical. Uh, there are relationships, of course, between the two, but you can talk about economics more objectively. Uh, where there are relatively few opinions, uh, although there are economists who disagree with one another, largely based on their politics, uh, and more about facts and objective results. So let's get into that. Let's talk about that American Rescue Act, which passed with a bill, if you will, of $1.9 trillion. I know most people know this, but I'll say it anyway. And by the way, what I'm about to say about numbers refers to the United States numbering system, and I believe Canada as well, uh, possibly Mexico. A billion dollars in the United States is a thousand, let me try to remember this now, if I recall correctly. I mean, I know about America, but there's a difference in the UK. In the United States, it goes a million, 10 million, a hundred million to a billion, and that's right, okay. Million, 10 million, 100 million billion. In the UK, it's, as I understand it, it's million, 10 million, 100 million, 1,000 million, and then a billion. And the same thing happens with respect to trillions. So we're talking about the American system of counting and numbering, okay? All right. Uh, so this is 1.9 trillion US dollars in terms of the American Rescue Plan. Let's first talk about inflation. And then we'll talk about the effect on the economy outside of the issue of inflation in terms of what some conservatives are referring to as non-COVID related expenditures, including uh, liberal, what is it, liberal wish list that was part of that, uh, part of that package. Okay, the inflation issue. People are understandably concerned that when you pour in all that money into the economy, the effect is going to be to raise prices on all the things we normally buy in the grocery store, the gas station and so forth. And to be honest, that is an understandable and reasonable concern, though I don't like admitting that, but it's not a real concern in the near term, pardon me, in the near term. Uh, in the near term, we have, very, very high unemployment. 
and very low inflation. In fact, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board has said that he would like to see a 2% annual inflation rate. Uh, and we are nowhere near getting up to that level at any time in the near future. So uh, this may help that because of the 2% rate, according to him, and most economists agree, you can then go ahead and expand the economy, which produces more jobs and so forth. The reason inflation additionally is not a concern now is in order for inflation to be a concern, you have to have those entities, manufacturers typically, that produce goods for the economy. You have to have them at pretty much full capacity. And we are, for better or worse, nowhere near that. And here's what that means in terms of full capacity. Let's assume for the moment that we're talking about a fictional uh, manufactured item, the one that economists always talk about, which is widgets, okay? If the economy is going fairly well and lots of people like widgets, okay, um, then as long as widgets are freely available, that is to say there's a surplus of widgets available in the marketplace, then people can buy as many widgets as they want. Because our economy is currently in the tank, there aren't enough people with enough money to buy those widgets. But as the economy expands and more people have money, obviously more widgets will be sold, whatever your widget is. The time when you get into inflation issues is when all the companies, all the uh, manufacturers that make widgets are now working at full capacity. So they can't make any more widgets. And at that point, what the widget manufacturers will do is raise their prices. Now they won't do it before because if company A, widget manufacturer A raises its prices, they have a, while, while everybody is still producing widgets and are not at capacity, widget manufacturer B will have a competitive advantage, obviously, because their prices will be lower. But when you get to the point that widgets are being manufactured to their full capacity by all the manufacturers, then at that point, any, any additional orders will cause prices to go up because they can. That is, manufacturers know they can produce uh, at an increased price more widgets. Let me back that off. That's not quite true. They know that everyone's at capacity and if they raise prices, the likelihood is that company B will raise their prices too because they can't possibly sell more ordered widgets, which they could have done when they had a competitive advantage in a lower price. So assuming that each factory's capacity is a thousand widgets and there's only two for sake of this discussion, widget manufacturers, when the 2001st order comes in for a widget, they can't produce anymore. So what they'll do is they'll raise their prices so that when they are marketing their widgets, they're now at that higher price, so there will be fewer buyers. Uh, at every price point you can imagine when you're talking about the market, at every price point you can imagine, there's someone who would have bought it at the lower price point, but will not buy it at the higher price point. That's the demand price or price demand curve you may have studied in Econ 101. That's what that's about.
Okay, so we don't have to worry about inflation because nothing is, is being produced at full capacity. Factories are not working at full capacity. Employees are not working at those factories, manufacturing widgets or anything else because the economy is in such a terrible shape that there aren't enough people with enough money to buy stuff that would cause the factories to go to capacity. All right, that's the inflation issue. Now, the other question, and this happened, by the way, with the um, stimulus bill in 2009. As you'll remember, in 2008, the economy went into the tank for a lot of reasons. Uh, that was during the uh, George W. Bush administration. And then when Obama came in, he got Congress to pass a stimulus bill, but they didn't pass as much money as he as he wanted. That's neither here nor there for this discussion. But what happened was they had a bunch of projects that people talked about being garbage programs, like uh, as if contained in the bill were a bridge to nowhere. That actually wasn't part of it. But the question becomes, what's the purpose of this government spending? Whether it's in the current recently passed American Rescue uh, Bill, now ACT, or in the stimulus program that Obama and Congress began in 2009. Same answer to the question, what, is, what was the original purpose of Social Security? Okay, now there are people who will tell you the purpose of Social Security was to assist older Americans so that they could retire a little bit more comfortably and that the purpose of the original stimulus checks were to put money in people's pockets and that the purpose of the American Rescue Plan is to defeat COVID and try to put people back to work. Well, the latter, or I should say the last item is true, but the Social Security as an example um, was really a beneficial side effect. The real reason was to put money in people's hands, not so they could have it particularly, but so they could spend it, okay? And by spending money, here's what you do. When you spend money on my product or service, then depending on how much you want of my product or service, I may have to hire more people. Uh, and my good or service is in the same position as everybody else's good or service. So what happens is spending has what's called a ripple effect. So if I get more money because you have bought my services, I then have to hire more people to do my work because I can't handle it all myself or with the staff I currently have. Then when those people get income, they spend it and it continues. So that every dollar that is spent by the government, which they weren't spending before, uh, is going ahead and creating, if you will, creating money. Some people talk about it, about the government printing money, that doesn't actually happen. But by borrowing money through bonds and spending it in the economy, they're effectively creating new money. And that means creating through a few steps, more jobs. That's how it works. So if, for example, uh, the American Rescue uh, Act has some, I'm making this next thing up. I don't know if it includes it or not, but let's assume for the moment it includes spending on or for uh, improvements in the Golden Gate Park museums in San Francisco. All right, let's assume that. And let's assume further that it has nothing to do with COVID, okay? Um, and the answer to the question is, who cares? 
the economy is in the toy toy. It is time to spend money so that we can, in the case of the museum, same thing. You hire more people to run the museum because more people are coming in because of the improved exhibits and the people who get hired by the museum now spend money and that has the ripple effect in the economy. Now, one of the people or five of the people who go to the museum buy my company's services. I have to hire more people. They now have money and they go spend more money somewhere else. That's the purpose or the major purpose of the American Rescue Plan when it comes to the economy. The other one, of course, is COVID. But COVID spending, that is the money spent to defeat the virus, is twofold. Gee, it's nice that more people aren't getting sick and dying. But also, the, more, the fewer people who get this disease, the less dangerous it is for everybody to open up, open up the schools, open up the factories, get back to work. I mentioned restaurants, right? I didn't mention restaurants, rather. Open up restaurants and bars and all that other stuff so that the economy can take off again. By the way, I think we're going to have an enormous recovery. Could be wrong. That's my guess. Now, let's also talk about taxes or tax breaks uh, and for the well-off that occurred in the last, uh, the last tax cut during the Trump administration and the American Rescue Plan. Here's the difference in terms of where that money is spent. Okay, if you give a poor person or a lower middle class person or even a middle class person money, let's say lower middle class, the greatest likelihood of what they're gonna do with that money is to spend it. If you go ahead and give corporations a great deal of money, two things will happen. One, they will buy back their corporation stock, which is great because it puts money in the hands of the shareholders who previously had that stock, uh, or they'll put it in the bank or uh, and to hold so they have more cash either for later distribution in the form of dividends or for later spending. It doesn't get into the economy right away as a rule. The people who are less well off will pay their back rent, will pay their uh, utility bills that they are on the verge of having shut off. They will spend that money on food, clothing their kids need, school supplies. That's what makes the difference. By the way, another example of this is the recent uh, partial cancellation of student debt. One of the reasons the economy has not taken off as much as it should is because a lot of young people and even middle-aged people have debt from when they went to school and borrowed money. We can talk about the intelligence or lack of intelligence in borrowing money to go to school, different subject. But because of their debt, they have not gone and bought houses, they have not gone and bought furniture and appliances and so forth. And if they were freed up somewhat to do that, again, it would be a boon for the economy. Um, when it comes to tax cuts, the Trump tax cut was at the wrong time. The economy really didn't need help. It was already sailing along from the end of the Obama years through the Trump years. To Trump's credit, the one thing you can credit him for in terms of the economy is he didn't do anything to screw up the recovery except for ignoring COVID, which obviously has had that effect. But other than that, before that occurred, the economy was continuing to roll along. Uh, presidents don't normally do a lot of stuff that has a direct effect on the economy. We could all name exceptions. But in this case, what he did, which was advantageous, was he didn't screw it up. That's okay. Um, that's a positive thing. Okay, 
let's talk briefly since we're talking economics and I'm beginning to feel like a complete nerd and hopefully before we run out of time. Um, want to talk about um, the effect of minimum wage increases. As you probably know, the minimum wage increase that was originally in the Rescue Act did not get included and therefore didn't get passed because the Senate's parliamentarian ruled correctly, I think, that it wasn't an appropriate part of a bill that was going to be passed by reconciliation because that's only supposed to do with budget. And minimum wage has an extremely minimum effect on federal budget. So they took it out of there. Um, okay, the fact is, is that <clears throat> when people talk about increasing the minimum wage, causing job loss, if you're talking to somebody like that, you should ask them when that's happened, okay? They cannot prove that minimum wage increases cause job loss. I think it may be true at some extreme level, but it's not proven to be true at any time in the past because as a rule, it doesn't happen. But to be fair to a side I disagree with, although I can't prove that minimum wage increases, although they can't prove that minimum wage increases negatively affect jobs, I can't prove that it doesn't. Why? Because when you're talking about an economy, especially one as large as ours, it's very difficult to associate cause and effect. Let's assume just for sake of discussion, minimum wage goes up and employment in the economy goes up. Okay, does that prove that minimum wage increases don't affect jobs? No, of course not, because it theoretically could have improved even more had it not been for that. Other, other side of that same coin, we increase the minimum wage and in fact, there is an increase in unemployment. Is the increase in minimum wage the cause of that unemployment? No, of course not. You can't prove that it wouldn't have been worse without that. So it's impossible. But because you can't prove that it does, and you've never seen a serious reduction in employment after a minimum wage increase, their arguments should fall on deaf ears. And if anybody says that to you, ask them when that's occurred and ask them to point it out, Google it however you want to do it. Prove to me that a former wage, uh, minimum wage increase has negatively affected jobs in the economy and they simply cannot do it. And that's a big deal. Okay. Uh, I think we've probably bored most of you to death by now. So I'll end. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're still listening, thank you for staying with us. Join us next time. We are trying to line up some guests for interviews that would be much more interesting than just hearing me talk. So for now, this is Jeff Bushman on Speaking of Everything, saying uh, that I wish for you to not go away mad, be kind to each other. And as a famous journalist once said, good night and good luck. <laughs>